Welcome to another edition of the Latest Shiny Podcast. This is your co-host, Stephen Spector. With me, as usual, is Rob Hirschfeld. And Rob, it's, it's been a while since we recorded with all the, with all the uh, virus chaos all over the place. And I know our last set of podcasts, you were sick. So let's just do a quick update. You're all healed and good to go? I am, I am definitely back on my feet. Uh, COVID is not something you want to mess with. Um, even even a mild case can set, take a couple of weeks to feel fully recovered from. So, but yes, I am fully back and in the haze that everybody calls daily life. Uh, well, I'm I'm familiar with that, and we have again another uh, a new company, a new guest, which we always are searching for. I'm very excited, and uh, we have another company from Israel, which is great. There's so much interesting technology there, and it looks like uh, Rob, we're finding our way to some interesting uh, people in Israel doing interesting technology. So let me go ahead and introduce uh, Gideon Rodham, who is the CEO and founder at Diuk. Uh, Gideon, uh, welcome to the podcast. Mm, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So Gideon, I guess you're having me here. You're having me here because we're coming out of uh, COVID a little earlier than you. So you went to Israel to bring somebody that's already in office life, right? Well, we're we're seem to be moving. Not <laughs> is, it, is it any better after? I don't know. It seems like we're just ignoring it. Is what we're doing and just saying what doesn't exist anymore. So I think that seems to be what's happening here, which is why I'm still at home. I, but uh, Gideon, why don't you go ahead and give us a little, just quick history about yourself, a little bit about your company, and then we can jump in. Uh, you have some really interesting technology in an area. I don't think, Rob, we've explored that much, so I'm excited to have him on. So, okay. So I'm a, a co-founder of the company, two founders, myself and Eran Spak. I'm the CEO. He's the CTO. We've been partners for 20 years, since the year 2000. So this is our uh, third and a half company together. And uh, we've always been together in the same roles uh, in the startup community in Israel. Uh, one company was for uh, three years. One company was for 14. Another one was for two. And uh, now this, now Diuk, which uh, we think is going to be very interesting. And, uh, and uh, we have, I have a lot to say about it. Uh, myself, I'm, I'm not the uh, necessarily, I'm not the technology guru here. I'm not the person on the patents. I am the product BD, uh, you know, run the company guy. Uh, I come from an economics and legal background, uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, startups uh, to me always seemed like the most exciting thing to do, taking something that doesn't exist and uh, introducing it to the world and trying to make something out of it. That's what drives me here. And it's been driving me 20 years. Uh, so I hope uh, it will continue. Uh, in terms of Diuk, Diuk was founded over two and a half years ago, but the first year and a half, these, uh, uh, the founders were looking for money as they were the founders, that's me and Iran. We were looking for money as we were uh, uh, trying to develop the initial technology. It's, it's an interesting point to make that the time, this is, I'm talking 2018, and the time before I went to do a seed round was in 2002. And between 2002 to 2018, there was a transformation. And, and suddenly you couldn't, at least in our case, come just with a PowerPoint and say, this is what we're going to do. People wanted to see something. And uh, that's what took us back to the drawing board. And we worked for a year and a half, et cetera. And then we raised our seed money, raised the uh, initial uh, funding, et cetera, et cetera. 
So that's how Duke came to be. So that was a long answer. Huh? <laughs> I, there, there's definitely um, always interest, uh, and you know, I, I share a lot of your startup journey. And so, um, well, that's that that I, that is a special place in my my heart for those of us who who've been been through that that particular um, sometimes illogical <laughs> process. Um, I you know we need to know some 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 background on Duke Duke and and how. You know, what does it do? Where do you position in market? Um, you know, what's, what's, your, what's your focus? Right. So, so we'll, we'll start with, uh, you know, as we're introducing an Israeli company, what does Diuk means? And, and uh, in essence, it will tell you the, uh, the whole story almost. Because, you know, we took the OO and uh, Diuk is D-E-E-Y-O-O-K. So, you know, there's a slight uh, 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 look at Google, et cetera. But really, it's a word in Hebrew that means precision. Okay, so Diuk means precision in Hebrew, and that is, uh, that is the name of the company, because what we bring is precise, ubiquitous location. Okay, we have, bring the ability to have ubiquitous, meaning indoor and outdoor, location uh, in a precise manner. And when I say precise, I mean four inches. Okay, four inches, five, well, we won't argue if it's five or six or four. That, it's really, a, 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 there's some variance here. But in, you know, what we're aiming for is the four inches. What we're showing now in our initial tests, initial POCs, is, is four inches. So that means whenever you are in the house, outside the house, uh, in the yard, on the road, and we can do the whole Dr. Seuss here, four inches, <laughs> ubiquitous precision. So, so I'm imagining it's not a, a fox with a ruler uh, telling you what to do. Is, is this a... a wired chipset software base station device combination it, it doesn't sound like it's it you know you can itself is the complete solution it sounds like you're an, an enabling technology for you know location uh, sensitive iot devices the fair no so, so it will be that would be the, the, the word iot there is part of the market we're going for because basically duke is a firmware that sits on any ofdm radio Okay, so when sitting on any OFDM radio, it could sit on a client OFDM radio in your phone or on an IoT device or on a wearable device or on a car or on a robot, etc. Or in the infrastructure, it could sit on a, on a 5G base station, on an LTE base station, or on a, obviously where we're coming from, our last company was a Wi-Fi company. Uh, it could sit on a Wi-Fi access points, anything after 2007. So the issue here really is firmware that sits on OFDM radios. So uh, that, that's always my caveat when I see I can uh, provide precise location. The only caveat is you need to have wireless coverage. Of course, my answer to that is mostly where you have people today, you have some type of wireless coverage. So we, we kind of, that, that's why I loosely, but with enthusiasm, use the word ubiquitous location. Right. So can this ride on the existing cell network signal yeah. components then? Okay. So, so sure, you, can sure, take, sure. you can take a device with the existing infrastructure, firmware, add, add firmware, and then improve its ability to get pinpoint location. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
it's as if we prepared because, you know, the next question, active, passive, do I need to connect to that? This, we are only in listening mode. We listen to the network and we provide location. So, so the, the physics here really, and you'll have to now go back to your physics classes, is interferometry, okay? Interferometry is the physics. And if you recall, interferometry, interferometry is, is, uh, is about uh, calculating the different, the differentiation between rays. Uh, mostly used today in astrophysics, but you'll see a lot of interferometers in laser, again, light. So interferometers are usually used with light. What Diuk is doing, uh, or part of what Diuk is doing, but that's where, let's say, our granted US patents are, is doing interferometry with OFDM signal. Interesting, which is light. Right, fundamentally, <laughs> radio waves are light. People forget that, but oh yeah, so, oh yeah, it's it's a manifestation of light, and uh, you know, so we took it the next. Uh, you know, you, you're familiar with the innovation process, so we took it the next step. Interesting. So when when you when you're able to take a, a device, right, I mean, and I think edge and IoT, you know, there's there's this implicit. There should be this implicit connected device. We don't, we don't often say that it's, it's implied in how things go. What if every device we're talking about is connected. Most of them are wireless, um, sort of by default. And so what, what you're describing, which means they're, they're mobile, they're portable, or they're, they're in some location that is not, you know, you know, hardwired, you know, within six feet of some, some wall. Uh, so from that perspective, you could then take any device in, in these infrastructures and, and know exactly where it is. Is this XYZ or is it, is it radial from a location? Uh, well, it's XYZ because interferometry is horizontal, but it's dependent on how the antennas are deployed. So in, in an average, let's say a, a standard Cisco uh, 1100 series access point, which has two antennas for 2.4 and two antennas for five gig, two will be horizontal, two will be vertical. Just by measuring angles from those two, uh, from those, that axis point, I get a XY and I get an XZ. Okay, so I create a picture by, by overlaying uh, interferometric information, okay? Wow, and, and so, Boy, so we're, we're talking about a technology where I can get very precise location. What do people then do, right? Why do they care that, that they know where, you know? Right. I, I mean, I can see a car that makes a lot of sense, but does it matter for, uh, you know, cars and drones are moving things. Does it matter for other sensor types? Right, so, so one I discovered, that, that's a nice thing. So, so, so we are aware we are a young company, so we're doing POCs. But the nice thing is discovering everybody I talk to cares about location for a different reason, which is part of his business. So the, the, really the idea is that your assets, you need to find them and you need to find them precisely. So uh, do you care if the box delivered from Amazon uh, to your fifth floor apartment is placed on the second floor? You care. Do you care if you're the service person is coming to service a, a water cooler and it's on the seventh floor, but they tell him it's on the second floor and uh, he spends half a day looking for that water cooler. Well, obviously maybe the service person doesn't care, but the company that's paying his salary cares. Uh, do you care where the employees are in the store? Do you care when you're doing uh, 
uh, internet mobile marketing, where is the customer standing in front of the coffee or is the customer standing in front of the, um, you know, the, the diapers? Uh, the whole gamut is really differentiated caring about where things are. So there's a lot to say about caring where your assets are and then there's caring where your employees are and then there's caring where your customers are. And I can take it farther and say, caring where the fireman is in, in a burning building. You today cannot tell where that fireman is. Uh, so you want, uh, well, let's put it this way, his, the other firemen want to know where the fireman is in that building exactly, not, you know, not impinged by smoke or anything, and they can't see him, obviously, etc. So it goes from things of, uh, you know, from the HLS sector to the mobile marketing, to the phones, to the IoT. Uh, everybody cares about precision. And, and the amazing thing I have is whoever's any business I talk to them and they have a different concern of, oh, great, I need to know where that, you know, where that, where that acid is, where it's, you know, let's think hospitals, you know, think about a hospital, how many things you need to know exactly where they are, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that makes a, that makes a ton of sense. And then the other thing that you're saying in this that is different than GPS, besides the provision, precision is every, all these use cases you just described are inside buildings, right? GPS is, is really limited inside of a building itself. Like you're not gonna get the, 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 the you know, all this precision you're describing. I couldn't do that with a traditional GPS or even really the way cell phone, G, uh, cell phone locations have been set up. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, the, the concept I think, uh, we, we had a Wi-Fi company, our previous company was a Wi-Fi mm -hmm. company and we were always bothered why as we were cooperating with location solution providers that they were deploying places, why we don't have something that is like a GPS outside for the inside. And that's really how we started looking for the solution. It, it comes straight to that question of GPS is limited because it's outside. Now we think, think how, how much it has changed your life, GPS, you know. The ability to go to places, the ability to put an address in and go straight there. You know, uh, I'm from the generation and I, 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 I assume all three of us are from the generation that we still know what a map is. But talking to my kids, they don't really know what a map is. Uh, a map is a Google map or a map is uh, whoever is competing with Google. But it's something that's dynamic. They just put an address. They don't know how to read it. They don't know how to hold it to the north, to the south. That's what GPS did to our life. And uh, in essence, when you think about human life, 80% of it is indoor. So, you know, I, uh, that's all it did that, and it's all outdoor. Yeah, that, which makes a ton of sense. That, that makes me think about um, orientation also being a component for this, right? Location matters. Um, can, is orientation a component for this? Like knowing a camera is pointed in a certain direction or you know, um, something's facing one way or another, like you were talking about somebody looking at coffee, if you're in an aisle, you know, orientation left to right makes actually a material difference in some of these use cases. Uh, is that right. also that, included? It, it is in a certain sense, is it in, a, in another sense, not in every scenario we can provide orientation. Okay. Uh, we're we doing a combination of technologies, which is what we're proud of. Uh, you know, the stat, what GPS, really is a time of flight solution. And in the last few years, the Wi-Fi standard has introduced time of flight. And obviously there's a, a time of arrival uh, 
uh, technology in, inside the cellular system. All of them are roundabout systems. And what we've added to our interferometry solution is what we call passive time of flight. And that's our ability to do different, uh, differentiated calculation and therefore create a time of flight based only on one location without knowing the absolute uh, timing on the other, uh, uh, time on the other side. Uh, and by combining our time of flight solution and our uh, interferometry solution, we're also, one, providing even better location than we've done before and uh, uh, being able to provide orientation as well. That, you know, the whole issue of innovation here is really kind of neat because what we're doing in terms of location is really used to be called hyperbolic navigation. Uh, so when you, you look up hyperbolic navigation, you see that's what we used before GPS to navigate, uh, you know, boats and planes. And it's a World War I and World War II technology and uh, used much later even. And here we are taking that World War I, World War II technology and, and bringing it back into IoT, current, etc., to exactly provide precise location. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, the, uh, the implications for this are, are really important for IoT. We typically uh, have described IoT as, as sort of very static. Um, and I think we're starting to see it as, as a more, you know, one in motion environment, but one in which we're interacting with a lot more sensors. And so it sounds like you can paint a, a very complete picture. If uh, assuming, so I guess one of the things for me to ask is, if, if you get into certain number of devices, how, how do you know if you're in a broad environment where other devices are? Is it, is it, can, you, can you pull in location data from other, other sources? Is that, is that part of where your, your thinking is going for this? Right. So, so the solution, which I didn't describe, and that's why you're, you're in the dark, is really comp comprised of firmware that's on the OFDM radio, and a cloud solution, okay? So the firmware enables us to take out of the raw data, the angle and time information that allows us to locate that uh, object. In essence, I don't really know where that, what that object is, right? I know a radio. Uh, that is in the cloud where I am creating a, a, let's call it, angle map of the world, another type of way to map the world. We're mapping the world by angles instead of, uh, you know, uh, uh, the existing world or the Cartesian world. And uh, uh, the second part of our company really is, is a data science. It's really translating that uh, angle world to a map. Because in the end, if I tell you that you're today uh, in the intersection of MAC address, this and this and this, MAC address, this and this and this, and MAC address, this and this and this, there's not much you could do with it. But if I tell you that you're sitting on the right side of your kitchen, uh, two feet from your window, uh, one foot from the uh, uh, stove, etc., there's a lot you could do with it. Hey, Gideon, so I, I'm interested, well, there's actually two things, but the first question, I, I want to hit the machine learning part of your solution which we haven't mm -hmm. hit, which is quite interesting. And then, um, well, I'll, I'll wait to ask my question on 
the eventual building of some sort of graphical way to view all this stuff, which I'm sure you guys are looking into. But, but first, I, let's talk about the machine learning. Help me understand how that comes into play and, uh, and what that's about. Okay. So, so the essence of the solution is that self-learning. Because if I need to now spend, you know, the billions of dollars uh, Google has uh, spent to war drive, you know, the whole world, or let's start with the United States, it's big enough, and uh, identify every access point and identify every street and identify every base station, it's endless. People have done, you know, people with deep pockets have done it, etc. It's impossible to do. So our sensor, when it goes out to the world, is fresh. It comes out, but now it starts to uh, locate itself. Okay, so it's finding access points. It's finding access point and it's finding angles. So what we're doing is we're collecting uh, really sets of functions. Okay, we're collecting sets of fu function. Every angle uh, is um, when we have enough information okay from this point which i have identified at a certain gps unit and this point which i have identified as a specific point i have measured these angles and with another point with uh, identified before i see another angle that combination of functions allowed me to provide a location and that's what i mean translating uh, the the angles to a map now, this was impossible before data science. This was impossible before we had the capacity to churn out, you know, uh, uh, a lot of calculations. And that's where the data science comes in. We're a small company, but I can let, tell you know that, let you know that uh, half of our company is, uh, is, is data science. It's based it's a pretty important thing. Yeah, I can see that. So how about on the, on the graphic side, is that something you guys work on where if I was a customer and you know, again, I just, I always think Google and the big warehouses and I wanted to see where all my stuff is. Are you guys building like a graphical front into that? Or is that something companies do themselves? Or I don't know, maybe right. even you can build an ecosystem around you because everyone wants to be a platform, right? The, the key to life is to build the ecosystem around your platform for success. Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. Uh, tell you the, the truth. My, remember, we're early stage. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I'm just asking questions. Uh, but the fantasy <laughs> is to provide an API. Okay? I want to provide an API like GPS and be in every machine out there. Right, that's the fantasy. Meaning, uh, you as uh, as uh, you your business is uh, is selling to hospitals. You'll have your own uh, uh, GUI, and that person working in the infrastructure business will have his own GUI, and in the construction business, they'll have their own GUI. You know, and all business, all verticals, will, which I can you know discuss for thirty minutes what they do with the technology and why they need this type. But everyone will have the own GUI. But when people ask me that, let's say in investor meetings, I always remind them that, you know, uh, you, you of course remember that, but I'm sure not all the listeners remember it, that, you know, Qualcomm, when it needed to sell CDMA chips, made CDMA phones and it made CDMA uh, base stations. You know, it made the whole ecosystem just so it could sell chips because it had to create it. 
So I'm sure that our first product will have elements of GUI, uh, elements of, uh, of really, uh, that are really dependent on what it will be. Because what we're doing now, in the next several months, we will be doing POCs in several verticals. So we will do, be doing a POC in retail, we'll be doing a POC in logistics, a POC in, uh, uh, in Homeland Security, and uh, really make a choice. Sometimes these choices are tough choices as well. You know, you don't, uh, we can't really work on two solutions at the same time. Uh, so it's important we choose the right solution. Yeah, I understand. Those are good answers. Uh, Rob, any other things you wanted to deep dive? I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, well, I'm interested in going just a little bit further in this topic because okay. I, I think that one of the things that we've covered in other shows is this idea of, you know, components of the IOT world sharing information mm-hmm. because right. What, what you've described here is an essential service for, you know, IOT infrastructure in general, that's going to, you know, ideally cross vendors, cross devices, cross platforms. And, and so for this to be really useful, you, you need it to be embedded in, in other, you know, in other IOT devices. How, how do you see the industry coming together to actually create, you know, a, a common or uh, we're not going to create a common solution or even a common platform here. How do we share, how do we share data better? How do we actually connect these systems together so they can interact? Well, I, I think it's by having common language. So, so if, if I provide an API that is identical to the, let's say the GPS API, uh, it just provides you uh, a more precise location indoor and outdoor, uh, the industry can cooperate based on in the same way that it uses today GPS data. So uh, again, I'm not, uh, our assumption is always, let's not reinvent the wheel. There is a common uh, language, which is uh, the one used for global positioning. Let's use that language. Uh, Do you want to say you know, when you say spoof the GPS, it's very problematic, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying just the user doesn't really need to know that he's not uh, using GPS coordinates, but he's using Duke coordinates, right? Right. And therefore, it will be kind of magic that, you know, he's driving down the minus three uh, in his parking lot and the GPS works now. Uh, Isn't it amazing what they did on these machines? Can you, can you use the same API, but just somehow it's being the implementation of it is different? Sure. Is that the idea? You, you, could do a, you could do a switch, you know, uh, going into the app that says, and these and these and this situa- situation use this and this situation use this. My, my recommendation would be always use Duke, except when you don't have Duke and then use GPS. And I'll let you know uh, why, <laughs> especially when you're in IoT. GPS is the number one consumer of power. And Duke, which is uh, uh, really rides on the LTE radio or on the 5G radio, on the Wi-Fi radio, uh, uh, we have uh, probably 92% less power consumption than GPS. Okay? So you would always, you know, if you have your smartwatch, you will always prefer, and it has obviously Duke in it, you will always prefer to use Duke. And I, I, I would assume the manufacturer's setting would be, and you won't even have the option, always use Duke except where, uh, 
you know, we discussed of those situations where you don't have wireless coverage. So if you're trekking across the Mojave Desert, yeah, you'll use GPS. So Rob, we need to deuke ourselves. And uh, and that also, all right, just bad marketing. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> oh, that drove me immediately to think uh, what three words. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is another, which is another great. Uh, it's true innovation. Uh, it is a nice location evasion. It's just uh, in terms of what we see in it, it's just not precise enough. Yeah, not for the usage we're thinking about. No, I t- I totally agree. It's the thing that. One of the I saw this uh, years ago. Uh, if, if people haven't looked up what three words, they should they should check it out because it's really make you rethink uh, location and positional information. It's um, a whole other topic for us. Um, but there's a lot of innovation in location data that that is really essential for us um, rethinking the the system of of coordinate of of units and and how people exist in space. Um, and I think Diuk is, is going to help redefine that, especially by adding precision, because I, I, I think precision, actually, we, and, and this might be a good closing thought to, to, for you to leave us with, right? How, how is, you know, redefining the precision of information going to make us rethink um, our interactions, right? The, the way we interact with the, the physical world. It's an interesting that's question. A huge question, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a small one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so now we have another hour. <laughs> you got thirty seconds. Go. Yeah, I don't. I, uh, I don't give another hour, but we could always do another podcast. Oh, right. Well, I'm interested, sort of. Yeah. I mean, because this is, I think, you know, when when I think about IoT I, and and what. You know what we're talking about, which is is really changing the way people interact with the physical spaces around them. Um, and I, I don't think people think of of IoT as as that type of redefin- redefinition. You're you're going to bring something to that 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 we don't normally think about devices needing. Um, and I guess it, or is there a use case to you that jumps out as wow, this is could be the first time we ever do something. Well, well, I think what precision does is, is it allows you uh, across the gamut, and that's why there's so many, uh, uh, or let's call it not precision, but precise location, allows us to be efficient in, in the use of, of what we're doing. It allows us not to be wasteful. Mm. And, uh, and, and by being precise in time and resources, et cetera, I think it's part of where we should be going in general. So, so that would be the right picture, the way, the right framework. I, I would like to see precision. Precision allows efficiency, allows uh, uh, no wastefulness. Uh, I think, in many ways, that's what we're trying to do, and not only Duke, but many companies uh, in technology today. So Gideon, this is uh, this is my time where I have to stop Rob, even though I know there's more questions. <laughs> I just but, opened up a whole new hour. See that, I know you did, and I have to I have to stop. But Gideon, it was certainly uh, great to have you on the podcast. If people want to learn more, uh, uh, you know your website deyuk.com, d-e-e-y-o-o-k.com. Any other places people should go to learn information or or reach out to you? 
Uh, sure, but the best the best place is is Duke.com and uh, info at Duke. You'll always get an answer. Uh, info at Duke.com and uh, delighted to hear from uh, any of your listeners and uh, and continue this conversation. And and for those of you looking on social media, they have a uh, LinkedIn page, which I'm Definitely. I'm looking at now is uh, active, so it's a good place to reach out. Well, getting Rob another great podcast. This certainly was uh, very interesting. This is really new, and um, it's pretty cool. I never thought how close I need to know where I am. Maybe I'm going to get a Duke button and stick it on my kids, or put it on my dogs, <laughs> or something like that. And uh, many, many, many more ways. Think about <laughs> your fear. Think. Let's close with your fear that as you're buying on the internet something, somebody in uh, Siberia is using your credit card to know where you are what happens if the credit card knows exactly where the credit card is then it can't Precision. make the charge right there, you were charged there, there. Hey, what is it? now He's there is there. something there, so, so this this to me is where you know my mind explodes right your your iot experience could be a constellation of devices and understanding that they are in proximity your watch your phone your credit card your car your camera, your, right, your dog <laughs> um, could actually be a meaningful thing if there's some variant in that. That becomes, and then AI ML on top of that becomes. Rob, I have to, I think we're going to have to give Gideon an award for the first uh, guest who's figured out how to continue the podcast past oh! the close to get you to ask new questions. That was awesome. Gideon. Uh, I fell for thanks the thing. Thanks for having me, like guys. <laughs> Gideon, thanks for right. having me. Thank you so much. Thank and uh, we'll Thank talk you. again 